And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on Today's Experience. It's a marvelous, monumental, most fascinating, massively mind-bending Monday as we join our hearts and minds as one, drawing closer to the King of Kings and glorifying his name. First, our good friend Job. Job speaks the truth to his friends which would be a good thing to remember when we have differences with other Christians. These are not differences between believers and unbelievers. These are Job's friends who all believe in God. And Job says, you're no better than me. <laughs> he also says, you're lying about me. Then Job gives the same advice he gave before, and it still applies. He said, do me a favor. Shut up. This is the best thing you can do. Even as a talk show host, I know that talking is not always the answer, okay? Job continues responding to his miserable comforters, who are miserable at comforting. He does make a fairly intriguing point when he states that he's not godless. He will argue with God in a bit, but at this moment, he's pointing out to his buddies that he's not a person who has no regard for God or his truths. And finally, and with much less wisdom, Job, Job does direct his argument towards God. And with his brilliant plan, he offers this brilliant challenge. He says, I don't know where he gets this, he says, with absolute insight, Job has the fortitude to challenge God. He asks God to prove he was unrighteous. He asks God to tell him what he did wrong. What wrong thing did I do? And he assumes. All the stuff that was happening, and like we said before, when he assumed he, oh, just the odd couple, he, uh, has, he was just wrong, and here he is, wrong again. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? You can email us, david at he must increase.org. That's david at he must increase.org. You can text us. Yeah, live during the show. It's fun. 214 210 
is just like when your pastor gives you props from the pulpit in the church. That's amazing. That's a pretty good one. Look, I just want to thank Dynamo D. Okay, thank you. Right? That's awesome. Here's the bottom line. Maybe you've got a question, a thought, a comment. Maybe you've got an opinion. Totally cool. We want you to be able to share that. What we're not doing is creating Kvetch Fest, and what that means is we're not just calling up to complain. We're also, the idea behind this is to call up and encourage one another. Maybe that's a, there's a prayer uh, request you have in that, and you just need help. Let's take care of it together. Maybe it's a praise report. You just want to share that. Let's share that together. It's a great venue to do it, and we encourage you to do so. You could have a whole bunch of things going on, or you might just have some general questions. You might be trying to figure out, what is March Madness? What does it all mean? What's it all about? Or you may be able to answer a trivia question. If you don't get this question, I'm going to take my ball and go home. Okay? All right. What was the name of Jesus' mother? That's a layup. If you can't get that, that's a that's a layup. But you'd be on a you blew seat, you blew the layup if you didn't on, get a, it. on an eight foot basket. That's a layup. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> like not even a regular basket. Eight feet. Drop that two feet. Uh, if you th- if you think you know the answer, nine somebody's calling nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. You also should text in two one four two one zero. 8483 if you want to. And then you can also send an email, david at he must increase.org. Somebody, of course, is calling in. Yes, I know that was an easier one, but we're not done yet. So let's do it. Uh, let's go ahead and send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Gary. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. I kind of feel bad because you have an, ex- an excellent amount of Bible knowledge. So this is a little easier to be a question along those lines, but it's got to be asked. People got to be reminded on a regular basis. So my brother, what was the name of Jesus's mother? Mary. That is correct, Amanda! A hundred percent correct. So, and what was his father? Uh, what's what that? Was his father's... His, uh, and who was his father? What was it? Mighty Joe, Joseph. The, Joseph, yeah. I, I think, I still think, I argue this today, I would argue it all my life. I will, because, and I remember talking to my father-in-law about this. I mean, she does come and say, you know, I'm pregnant. Okay, who's the father? God. It's just like, I'm sorry. That's like, for him to go, okay. You know, it's like, wow. I'm impressed with that. I just think he was a righteous guy, and that's part of that, that he's that righteous. So, how you feel? was his profession? Yeah. You know what? It's amazing. It is, 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 and that's the character that helped raise Jesus. I mean, if you think about that, it's like that had impact. Maybe it didn't have the same length that Mary had, but it had a lot of impact on him when he was growing up. And it's like that spirit, that's the right spirit to have, I think. Well, what uh, was Joseph's uh, profession? Oh, what was his profession? He was, oh, I'll tell you. He a was, trade. Wait, wait, that's me hammering. He was a carpenter. Yeah, he was a carpenter. <laughs> He was a carpenter. It's uh, Joseph and Sons. <laughs> That's what he <Yeah>. was. <laughs> I think Joseph was a decent person. Mary was a decent person. Yep. yep. I don't think they were perfect, but I think they were good. And there was yeah, a, they were decent. And they were. That's a big difference right there because there's a lot of people not good. So excellent job, my brother. How are you feeling, by the way? Because I want people to well, be ready for it. Feel a little better, maybe. Okay. That's always good to hear, right? That's better than feeling yeah. worse. So. And I'll I'll pray for all of you. Thank you, brother. I know it's helping. I promise. Okay. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Great job by our brother. Excellent, excellent, excellent work. He's so nice. He's like one of the nicest people. It's like, okay. 
what was I going to tell you? Don't forget to pray. Oh, ministry expansion. So I'm not going to give anything away. Let me stop you. So I, I seen Dunn this weekend, and he kind of told me, you, you had messaged him right when he was talking to me, and I told Dunn this has been a prayer request for not just me and our show, but for the station and Dunn in general. He was really appreciative of that. Ah, that's so good. I, I'm just simply going to say this. The terms have been reached. Now we are just looking at the execution of the process. So everybody needs to be in prayer. By the way, I feel so bad. First of all, Aunt Deb got the the pow pow on the beginning, and I I need to get. I've got like these sixty brochures. I need to get to her because I got somebody asking for brochures, and I just. Hey Deb, you got to come by and get the brochures. Okay. That's <laughs> how we do things around here. We just tell people right on the air. We don't even we don't even use. Oh boy, professional are, radio. We are professional right here. Nothing but. All right, here we go. Uh, I want to go to this Job 13. We're not going to, it's not, uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time going over different things that we've already covered, although there's some really, something really cool in this. But I do want you to catch this. All right, so uh, there is a time to be a good friend. And in that time of being a good friend, Job was not having that experience with his with his buddies. And when Job says, he says in verse 13 of Job, look, I've seen all this with my own eyes. I heard it with my own ears. I now understand it. I know as much as you do, you're no better than I am. As for me, I would speak directly to the Almighty. I would argue my case with God himself. As for you, you smear me with lies. As physicians, you are worthless quacks. You can tell he's getting upset, right? Because now he's going into names. <laughs> he's starting to drop. He's dropping name calling now. And then listen to what he says. If only you could be silent. I've talked about this before. I'll talk about it again. And it should be pretty close. Is that what the NIV says? If only you would hold your words or something like that. Here's the bottom line. I'm a talk show host. I live by, by words, right? There's a great time to not talk. When Noel is telling me a situation, the worst thing. I, I did, I've, I've done this so many times I can't count it. I'm solving it for her as I'm listening. It's like, that just doesn't seem brilliant, you know? It's like, I'm not even listening. I'm already solving it. I'm taking care of the problem. I'm not listening. That's a problem that we all have. Let's just See, Job's got him and his friends, husbands and wives, wives and husbands, kids and parents. Sometimes kids talk to their parents. Parents give them the solution because parents know everything. Really? When you first became a parent, you thought you were going to be so much better than your own parents. And then 20 years later, all of a sudden you start realizing, hey, my parents weren't so dumb. It's just like, what? You know why that is? Because you're growing up. And so here's a great piece of advice. He says, first of all, you're no better than me. Next, you're lying about me. And then he says, and this still applies. He goes, do me a favor. Shut up. <laughs> Don't stop talking. If you could only be silent, quiet. Sometimes the best thing to do is not talk. Oh, by the way, even Jesus, depending on the circumstance, did not always respond. Did not always give the correction. Sometimes he just sat there and... Just looked at the I wonder what that was like when Jesus looked at somebody. I mean, how deeply he would penetrate into their soul. I wonder if that made people uncomfortable. Like, you got to think about that. That's the kind of stuff I think about. So the idea behind this is that Job is trying to tell his friends, you know what? You want to be a good friend? And, I, and I've got this going on later on in about two weeks from now. I really get into this. You want to really be a good friend? Just sit there. 
And let me get this off my chest. And let me just, you know, sometimes we say things and then you go, okay, I know it's not true. I just had to get it out of my system. I was wrong. I apologize, Lord. But people should uh, be able to share. And they should have a comfort level in sharing with you. You should be a confidant. If a Christian can't be a confidant, there's trouble. Because that is our responsibility. All right? All right, get ready to go to one of the great verses of all times in the next segment. So take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Since the dawn of the Internet, people have been looking for a website they can be proud of without costing an arm or a leg. People want a quality website to promote their ministry, business, hobby, or passion. Introducing Cowpunch Sites. Cowpunch Sites can help you create and maintain a quality website. From design to security, Cowpunch does it all. Cowpunch is a family-owned and operated business, taking a fresh approach to business. Lots of clients at lower prices. Make mom happy. The most significant benefit of working with Cowpunch Sites is that you work with real people, not cheesy templates. No outsourcing. It's $57 a month, and there's no setup fee and no cancellation fees. When you go to cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's cowpunchsites.com slash dad. That's me. Oh, did I mention that it's $57 a month? Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no bull. Um, Dave, this is a nice radio station. Oops, sorry. That's Cowpunch Sites, $57 a month, and that's no baloney. There, that's better. Cowpunchsites.com slash dad. Only takes a minute. We're just joining our faith really together, believing that God's graciousness is here for this. Father, we come before you and we ask you in the name of Jesus, with help from the Holy Spirit, that you would touch in our audience those people who are physically hurting. There are some where their pain is really intense on a regular basis. It's just very, very draining. And we ask that you would give them strength and you would renew them and you would empower them, but most of all, that you would heal them and you would touch their physical bodies. And even if it can only be for a short period, by your determination, we ask that that would come for them, and they would get that relief. And for those that are just drawing closer to you, that there would be some great sense of comfort, some great sense of wisdom and trust. But heal those who are hurting from the smallest item to the deepest and most serious element. Nothing escapes your notice. To minister to those people by your grace and by your mercy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The David Spoon Experience. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back. 
to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your next trivia question for which we need to play the horn. Here you go, true or false. So you got 50-50 chance. Methuselah was the father of Enoch. That's like the 60-minute TikTok, TikTok, except I think they went digital or something. They lost their minds years ago. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. They went from 60 minutes to 60 seconds and out. Uh, you can call 972-445-0770. Okay? Or you can uh, text 214-210-8483 as well. You can send an email, David, at hemustincrease.org. Just very simple question. True or false, uh, Methuselah was the father of Enoch. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I do have some jokes. Very short. So it's not uh, – one's a very funny one. It's a very, very fast one, one one-liner for kids. It's like a little kid joke. And then the other one's a lot better. So you ready? All right, here's the short one. It's just a little one, little itty-bitty one. So get ready. Little Timmy was saying his prayers one night, and as his mother walked by the room, she heard him with his heartfelt plea. And please make Johnny stop throwing things at me. Oh, and by the way, I've mentioned this before. That's it. <laughs> See, he's like saying, I mentioned it before. See, all, right. all right, here's your other joke. You got somebody ready? <laughs> all right, it ain't that funny. All right, here we go. Here's the next one. <laughs> A local priest and rabbi were fishing on the side of the road. They thoughtfully made a sign saying, The end is near. Turn yourself around now before it's too late. And showed it to each passing car. One driver that drove by didn't appreciate the sign and shouted at them, Leave us alone, you religious nuts. All of a sudden, they heard a big splash. They looked at each other, and the priest said to the rabbi, You think we should just put up a sign that says bridge out instead? See, that's a good one. Uh, Somebody's ready to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? This is Don. Hi, Don. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've been working out hard. I've been sticking to my diet. I've been doing the things that I'm supposed to do. And all of that to say, uh, I'm doing doing well. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of chilly out there today. I was like, I was going to get in the pool. Nope, it's too cold. <laughs> What's so funny about that is if you think yeah. about people like in Michigan where I grew up, it's like if it was 40, it was cool. Let's get in the water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just such a different world. Um, all right, my brother, here we go. True or false, Methuselah was the father of Enoch. Well, the Bible says when he... Enoch was 65 years. She was the father of, yes. So the answer is true or false? Oh, true. No, but go back to, 
is was Methuselah the father of Enoch? Methuselah the father of Enoch, or was it the other way around? It's the other way around. There you go, brother. That's what I'm looking for. Methuselah was not the father of Enoch. Enoch was the father of Methuselah. That's the whole key. There you, there you go. go. See, that's why it was a true or false. See, see. I knew so. I had it right somewhere. I mean, I knew it I, couldn't possibly be the father, but yeah. Yeah, I had to. I had to do that <laughs> though because I knew you knew the answer. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure you got it. Okay. <laughs> got it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> You're welcome, buddy. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. Great job by our brother. Excellent work. Excellent work. All right. Uh, we did the jokes. We did that. Let's do the text. I don't even know. Oh, I got to do this. This is, oh, this is, this could be, you know, you get into the, the verses. This is one of those. <laughs> you guys better know this verse. Okay. Because this is the kind of verse that says that. Let's go pick it up at uh, verse 13. And I'm going to show you something. It's just really amazing. Okay. Verse 13 in Job 13 says, Be silent now, leave me alone, let me speak, I'll face the consequences. Why should I put myself in mortar of danger and take my life in my my own hands? Verse 15, God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I'm going to argue my case with him. Now stop. I want to read a couple other translations. NIV, Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. New Living Translation we just read. Here's another. Though, though he slay me, I will hope in him. Though he slay me, King James, yet I will trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him as new King James. New American Standard. Though he slay me, I will have hope in him. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. You're thinking, why are you reading that over and over again? Oh, look at the Amplified. Even though he kills me, I will hope in him. Wow, wow. Yeah, here's Christian Standard Version. Even if he kills me, I will hope in him. Holman, even if he kills me, I will hope in him. Behold, if he will slay me, I will, you know, if he slays me. I mean, it's all of these are saying what? The same thing. What are they saying? You know, even if it comes to that, even if I do this and this has the, here's, I love the NLT. Not that it's the most accurate, I think Hebrew-wise, but it probably is the most accurate in communication-wise. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. There is no other place to go. And you might be in a position, an interesting sermon yesterday, and remember I'm going to a community life, it's called Sea Life, and uh, the, the preacher, I just, I love him, he's young. Okay. Where is that church at? Huh? Where is that it's at? A, That's the one that's in on Alpha Street in, in Rockwell. So okay, if, Rockwell, you ever, okay. if you ever want to go by there, let me know, and I'll, okay. I'll get you in. So I'll get you in. I'll get you a pass. No, I'm kidding. So anyway, these teach, and, he, and he makes a point. He goes, bottom line is when it all comes to, to, the, to, the, to the end of it, you don't have – even if you disagree with God and you're having these fights with God and you're going through all that process, got it, got it, got it. But you don't have anywhere else to go. You can't go to yourself because you know yourself already. The reason you're talking to God in the first place is you can't do it. The other part about that is you can't go anywhere else. You can't go to the enemy. You can't go to the world. You can't go to – there's no other place to go. And it comes down to even if it means a demise, even if there's nothing left, even if I can do nothing else, even if I end, it doesn't matter that much because I don't have anywhere else I can go. And I like the King James. I'm just being, you know, how I am. I tell it the way. And I like the way that the King James say it. It's not, again, that is not also the most accurate. Actually, the New American Standard is probably the most accurate. But though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Even if God takes me out, 
I have nowhere else but to put my hope in him, even if I'm in fight with him, even if I'm disagreeing with him. The pastor said the funniest thing. He said, whenever you have a tie between you and God, you know, you're not going to win. And then he asked this question. Now, I almost said something in church. I have to be really careful when I go to church. I have to sit in the back and I have to put a little stuffed rag in my mouth or something. Because he goes, well, what do you do if there's a tie with God? You know what I was going to say? Rock, paper, or scissors. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so I thought, That's a bad idea. <laughs> we don't want you to throw it at us. Yeah, he, he wasn't looking for a response right at that point. The point is this. You don't have anywhere else to go. You have to trust him. Your life might be fantastic and then why wouldn't you trust him your life might be 80 percent doing pretty good not all the way there but you know what it's going pretty good you should still be trusting you might be at 60 percent you're thinking yeah, it could be a lot of improvements but and this is always where they use the line at 60 percent, but it could be a lot worse right that's the line then at 40 percent, it is it is a lot worse <laughs> Right. And so but you're still supposed to trust him at 20 percent. You're still supposed to trust him at one percent. You are still supposed to trust him. Do you understand everything he's doing? I don't. Right. Do you know that Jesus said very clearly that he said what the father told him to say? Do you know that means that he had to wait on the father? And there's this trust factor. And it is, it is a good illustration to say, you know, my plan here would be, you know, I'm in the, he's in the Garden of Eden. My plan would be for you to bypass this scenario, but not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus' agenda might have been different. We've talked about this before, but the Father, need, this needed to happen. Right? And he needed to drink the cup or none of us would be saved. So though you have nowhere else to go, and yes, I know that in context, he's really talking about, I want to argue my case, but I have nowhere else to go. God might kill me, and if he kills me, it doesn't matter. I don't have any other hope, but I still want to argue with him. That's the, that's the context of everything. But the truth is still in the midst of the text, and that is God might kill me, but I have nowhere else to go. There's no other being. There's no other person. There's no other place. And that's what we got to get a hold of. That's what we got to kind of grab a hold of. I'm sorry if certain areas in your life are not perfect. I can promise you certain areas in my life are not perfect or in anybody else's life that I have ever met on planet Earth. But God is perfect. And therein lies the difference. And he's not showing his hand. And unfortunately, many of us are not showing our trust. Look, the situation you're in, it's tough. Do you think God doesn't think it's tough? But you still have to trust. You still have to be focused. You still have to be seized upon him. Your faith has to be steadfast. You have to be immovable. You know, you have to... You have to have a confidence, you have to have a patience, you have to have a thanksgiving heart. You need these things in order to push past what your flesh is screaming out at you. Because you want to know why? We walk by faith and not by sight. So it's not by what you can see or determine, but by God, what plan God has for you. That's a big diff, right? 
Take a break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? Isaiah chapter 63, verse 8 through 9 says this. He said, surely they are my people, sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. In all their distress, he too was distressed. So uh, I want to make sure you understand. We've talked about this before. You've heard some of my testimony. If you want to really get a better hand on my testimony, uh, I'll shamelessly plug the Broken for His Glory book, which contains the testimony, but you can get it for free if you do it through Kindle. And then otherwise it's like seven bucks or something. That's not very much. Uh, It's kind of a fascinating journey on becoming saved and then going through bad churches or a bad church and then coming back into good church. Right, That's not always easy to do. One of the big premises of the book and of my entire Christian journey is a passage like this, which says, He said, Surely they are my people's sons who will not be false to me. And so he became their savior. And in all their distress, he too was distressed. I think it's important for you and I to understand the level to which God has put himself or placed himself. He's not incomplete without us in the— in the theological term that God can exist completely independently and doesn't need us, but he bears with us or connects to us in such a way that he feels with us. And so I think it's important for you and I to grasp that when Paul was on the road to Damascus and then uh, the Lord appears to him, right? And we've talked about this before, you know, knocks him, you know, knocks him uh, off his donkey and blinds him, okay? Now you just have to imagine you're on a donkey, Bamo, you're on the ground, okay? <laughs> okay? Not on a comfy table or a comfy chair or a comfy bed, on the ground, and you're blind. <laughs> so this is a real wake-up call. And then Jesus says to him, Saul, before he becomes Paul, you know, you know, why are you persecuting me? And what does Paul say, Saul say? He says, who are you? <laughs> right? Because this is like, you know, this is, you know, outer limits stuff right here. And then Jesus goes, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Ah, but the irony behind that is that Jesus made the identification with the church because Saul was persecuting the church. But Jesus goes, I'm the one you're persecuting. Now see see how he connects himself to the people. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for our next trivia question. Here we go. All right. Here you go. When they questioned Jesus about marriage at the resurrection... The Sadducees challenged him with a story about how many brothers. For those of you that are a little more in length of existence, 
Julian and Cordelia got the pop ball on this. That was my nice way of saying you probably wouldn't get this. There was a great movie about this. You know. <laughs> that's your hint. That's <clears throat> uh, something to do with brothers. And <laughs> that's all I guess. You guys, you just have to get that. Uh, in the meantime, let me uh, also remind you that everybody's getting this one right. I just want to point that out. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can call us, uh, 972-445-0770. You can text 214-210-8483 or send an email, David, at he must increase.org. I want to send you up to the website. So there's two things I got to tell you about the website. It's kind of important. One, don't forget money because money is important. You think, well, why is it important? Because we can't do the ministry without it. Plus, we're doing expansion. So if you think I'm irritating now, just wait. Then two, <laughs> on the website, there's add-ons. I added something today or yesterday that I thought was very, very fascinating from uh, the website, The Stream. So The Stream is James Robeson's uh, website. And I love James Robeson. He's the guy you hear the clip every so often. You hear the fill from us. Anyway, it's about science and faith. Very, I think it's a really good article, so I put it up there. I'm just encouraging you to check it out. In the meantime, check out he must increase.org. Prayer request, he must increase.org. Praise report, he must increase.org. Looking to give to this ministry, he must increase.org. Confused by what's happening right now, he must increase.org. He must increase.org. Whenever I hear that by itself, I have to tell you, I feel like, like it was a rock concert and it's the very last note that's played. Like, bam! <laughs> like, I can it. see that. Show's over. <laughs> Here we go. Clean up. I can see that. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do our history. We want to do history right now. Let's get that going. Let's go All right, so these are some of the things that I'm going to tell you that are personal, that you should not really uh, comment about or share with other people. But it's just so funny because of what today is. So last night as we were uh, going to bed, uh, I noticed that Noelle, so her hair gets long. And then when her hair gets long, she bunches it up. So it's like in two balls on the top of her head. And so I made a comment last night, you know, just joking comment going, yeah, that kind of like uh, that that looks like, uh, uh, you know, Princess uh, whatever, where she's got the two big balls on her head. I said, which always makes me think of space balls with Princess Vespa, okay, because she had the, 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 the two things on her head, and then it turned out they were earmuffs. Today is earmuff day from Spaceballs Princess Vespa. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Timing. Isn't that it's just like great timing? <laughs> so funny. Anyway, I don't know if you ever saw Spaceballs or not. I'm not telling you to see it or not to see it, but there's a scene there where she looks just like Princess Leia, and then she pulls the things off her head because they were headphones. They weren't actually. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Just... You guys, you have to laugh. I mean, just, if you're not laughing, just, you know, the Lord has given us 50, 10 commandments. Okay, if you haven't seen that, you, you know. Today's open up your umbrella indoors day. I have, n I don't even know what that. What is that? I have no clue. Uh, blame someone else day. Uh, this is uh Shouldn't be too hard. What's that? I said that shouldn't be too hard. No. I mean, when I spilled that crystal light on the carpet, I blamed everybody but me. <laughs> it's easy. Uh, ironically, today is Donald Duck day. You hear Donald Donald Duck sneeze? <laughs> is that good? Do you like that? <laughs> 
pretty good acting. That's a pretty good sound effect. There you go. Uh, 1639 of this day, Harvard College was named for clergyman John Harvard. 1640 thereafter, they've done nothing but shame themselves and entertain more spies than any other university ever. Pretty much. Uh, that's kind of a sad thing. 1930, Pluto. Discovery of dwarf planet Pluto is announced. It had been discovered from the pictures taken earlier by the Lowell Observatory in Arizona. That's Flagstaff, Arizona. I've prayed right at that observatory in the middle of the night. It's kind of spooky. I've heard about that observatory. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. Then they declassified Pluto, and then it was just like... I don't get it. Was he just a dog? No, wow. All right. If you caught that, you were fast. All right. Let's uh, go. It's Monday. Leave it alone. Uh, when they questioned Jesus about the marriages of the resurrection, the Sadducees challenged him with a story about how many brothers. You think you know? 972-445-0770. You can also text... 214-210-8483, or send an email to david at he must increase.org. We are now at Job 1320. I told you I'm going to start doing these in bigger gaps because a lot of this does get, it's not that it's repetitive per se, but I always pull out the unique little pieces, and that's what I'll be doing. And so in verse 20, he says this in Job 13. He says, oh, God, grant me these two things, then I will be able to face you. So he's going to, he's going to tell him two things. And now verse 21 is going to say what they are, but in verse 20 he's saying what these two things are. Grant me these two things, then I will be able to face you. Number one, or verse 20, but the first one, remove your heavy hand from me and don't terrify me with your awesome presence. So in a in a indirect way, maybe more in a direct way, Job is saying, I want to talk to you, God. He's just now moved this conversation that he was having with his friends directly to the Lord in front of his friends, okay? Talking to God right in front of his friends. That's what I want you to catch. Now, we do have somebody who's calling in to answer, so if they have the answer to the trivia question, we're going to... We'll, we'll, we'll bring them in because this teaching goes a little deeper. So, But I want you to catch. He's talking to his friends, gives them a hard time, tells them, I'm not too happy with you, but I have nowhere else to go. I'm going to go in with the Lord. Here's how it's going to go. And then he says to the Lord, he says to God, I need these two things. I need to be able to talk to you without being afraid you're going to zap me. Okay. Now, somebody, do they have a— They got the answer, but they want to text it in. So can you give the text number yes, one yes. more time? Uh, the text number is 214 214- Two one zero eight four eight three. See, I can do the NPR. Two one four. Okay, we already did that. All right. So here's what I want you to catch. He says two things before the Lord. He says, "Remove your heavy hand from me, and don't terrify me with your awesome presence." Job is, in essence, saying, "I want to be able to make this case to you. I don't want you to scare me." <laughs> I know. I know. Now. What what's wrong in that? Well, everything, because he just thinks that every time he comes before God, God's just going to blast him out. There are times when you come before the Lord, and I believe it's absolutely 100% appropriate for you to be in awe and reverence and respect. There's a there's a there's a time and a place where you recognize God as the King of Kings. You you recognize Jesus as the King of Kings, God at the center of the universe. There are times where you come in and you know you're stepping into holy ground. Zero question. There are also times, notice I didn't say but, because but means on the other hand. There are also times where you come to the Lord and it's Abba Father. Where you're like, man, oh man, oh man, I need help. 
in this particular case, Job has a lot more knowledge of God in the holy element versus in the more compassionate realm. And he's like, okay, one, remove your hand, heavy hand from me, which is Job's way of saying, all right, stop this. And then two, don't terrify me with your awesome presence. And because I said that, don't scare me. But then he gives the reason why, and this is where you're going to, this is where you, it all comes back to the same thing. And I know we've, I know it's the same story. I know it's repetitive. I know it's how that goes, but that's important for us to grasp. Verse 22, now summon me and I will answer, or let me speak to you. And you reply, tell me, what have I done wrong? Show me my rebellion and my sin. Okay. He didn't do anything wrong, but he doesn't know that. And we think that when we go through trials, they're because we've done something wrong. Well, I didn't do this right, so now I have this trial. And that is absolutely incorrect. There is no evidence of that. When Jesus, in his per- in the perfect will of the Father, goes in the boat, there was a storm. Storms happen in the absolute per will of God without anything ever being done wrong. Stop thinking that everything that happens that's a challenge is because you've done something wrong. It's because sin is in this planet. And this planet was birthed without sin and became sinful, which, by the way, is full of sin. So there is challenges and, 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 and twists and contradictions inside. So when he says, tell me what I've done wrong, you didn't do anything wrong. You've done nothing wrong whatsoever, except for now chapter 3 through 31, you're doing some wrong. But chapter 1 and 2, you didn't do anything wrong. He says, show me my rebellion and my sin. Just as a matter of fact, that's a little more, um, that's a little more defiantly spoken. Show me my rebellion and sin. Like, you owe me that. No, God, he doesn't owe you to show you anything. You're not entitled to anything. I'm so sick of the entitlement. It's just disgusting. You are entitled to nothing. The fact that you even live one second is the gift and the grace of God. And you, you don't ever deserve that, nor will you ever. This is like so silly. And there's a little bit of pride in that. Show me my rebellion and my sin. You know, that whole, tell me what I've done wrong. Show me my rebellion and sin. Well, first of all, your your first sin in this whole thing is you're misunderstanding the entire situation. <laughs> that would be a, that'd be an excellent first response. <laughs> Just saying, you're way off, Joby. <laughs> you're way off. You're so far off, it's not even funny. You're in the wrong telephone area. I mean, this is wrong. All right, uh, the trivia question, by the way, uh, did this, so somebody did text in. Do you want to give their answer? Uh, I, I believe they texted in. I think I wrote down a number right. Um, they said seven. That is correct. No. Right as rain. Seven brides. I think it's seven brides for seven brothers, something like that. The question Jesus about the marriage and the resurrection. Sadduce- Sadducees challenged him with a story about how many brothers because they thought using seven, boy, that would really trip him up. Wrong answer. (laughs) They were wrong. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anything. 
This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can right here on KAAM. With his special guest today, focus on the family trauma specialist, Tim Sanford. People, as they try to sort this out, they, they, they go through this, uh, they, they go through maybe a litany or a list in their mind and try to evaluate, well, you know, is this this and is this this? And, and what you said right there is the key, that the core of our strength, the core of our ability to, to go on yet for another day in the midst of what we would consider to be uh, chaos, both uh, socially, politically, and, and in other realms, is the Lord. I mean, the Lord gives us the ability. I mean, until he blows that trumpet, we are not done. Exactly. And that's where we come back to people ask me, well, again, the why, why, why questions that people all across the U.S. are asking. And my best theological accurate answer I can give them is, I don't know. I don't stop there. That is an accurate answer. I finish my answer then by saying, here's what I do know. Excellent. I know that God is still on his throne. I know that God knew what was going on. I don't know why he, no, I don't know why that. Here's what I do know. God is a still a loving God. He still is in charge. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where, believe it or not, this is the last segment already. Last by. <laughs> the show. That's amazing. Uh, here's your last trivia question. After his fortunes were restored... Speaking of our good friend Job, how many daughters did the Old Testament prophet Job have after his fortunes were restored? How many daughters did Job have? So after the whole thing, okay, all right. How many daughters did he have? 
Uh, if you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email, david at he must org. So I just want to make a little bit of emphasis on that last little portion we were talking about where Job says, tell me what I've done wrong. Show me my rebellion and my sin. And so I said there was a little association with pride there. And you're like, well, how do you know there's an association with pride there? And that's because of what he said in the prior verses where he said, uh, okay, remove your heavy hand from me and don't scare me because here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> it's like, so it's kind of that what leads up because he knows he's stepping on, on tender ground. So I'm just trying to help people out so they can understand. All right, so we're getting ready to go to our little last section. I think, I think it's tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it's the week after. We are adding another book. So you're probably thinking, well, why are you adding another book? Why not? <laughs> just, you answer that first, and then I'll answer mine after you. Uh, that, that, don't forget the website. There's a couple new things on there. Uh, the giving, don't forget to pray for one another. Don't forget the clue, the sound clue. I don't know if everybody remembers it or not. It's important because if you can get them all, uh, you'll be the greatest, smartest person ever. Okay, not really. But you will win a study Bible. And the third clue was Bugs Bunny eating a carrot. Okay, that was the third clue. Okay. Somebody is... Getting ready, they're calling in, uh, I assume, to answer the trivia question or to order me a pizza, which I can't have now because I'm on a diet. Uh, go ahead and send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Oh, this is Samson. Hello, brother. How are you? Good, good. Okay, before my phone does its thing, I'm going to give you the answer. Okay. Uno, dos, tres. That is correct, Amanda! Three, three daughters. Three daughters, indeed. That is absolutely correct, Amundo. So you got Joy Ann and Cordelia getting uh, the tied with Deb on the on that pow pow. But you guys, that is exactly right. And yeah, and one was very sweet. Her name was Aunt Jemima. Not Aunt Jemima. You're so bad. <laughs> Just Jemima. But that's probably where it comes oh, okay. from. <laughs> Although I don't know what's wrong with Aunt Jemima. She's sweet. I don't know what the problem is. Uh, yeah. All right, my brother. Excellent job. You doing okay? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, I think earlier you were mentioning, like, you know, sometimes we blew up, but the gracious God is there to to help us and to, to give us a chance to to repent and make things right. That's what happened to me last week. Uh because the fear of man got creeped in, and I blew it. But then later, God just convicted my heart, and I repented. And since then, I have peace uh, that uh, I'm forgiven, and God God is there to redeem me and help me not to do anymore. Amen. Amen. You need to receive that the Lord receives you. Yes. Right? Let me, pray, yes, let me pray over you real quickly. Let me pray. Father, I just ask you in the name of Jesus to seal into Samson's mind and heart your grace that is alive and your mercy that gives him breath. And you have not just little plans for him. You've got eternal plans for him. And I ask you just to bless him in that knowledge. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Amen. Thanks. God bless you. Bye. 
right. Aunt Deb points out that I was saying Donnie Duck and Daffy Duck when I'm talking about the first clue. So I don't remember doing that. But if I did that, it's it's Daffy, right? It's I can not, believe that, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It happens. I mean, we're not perfect. That's what live radio is all about. Pretty much. If this show was perfect, it wouldn't be on the radio. That's, that's how I look at it. All right, let's do this last section. You're going to just – I'm really hoping this powers through to you. This is so good. So, so good if you can catch this, okay? So this is after he says, "What? I, tell me what I've done wrong. You know, you know, why do you consider me your enemy? Verse 25, would you terrify a leaf that is blown in the wind? Would you chase a dry stalk of grass? Verse 26 in the key, you write bitter accusations against me and bring up all the sins of my youth. Okay, and then he closes this out. Uh, you get into verse 14. But listen to what he said. You write bitter accusations against me and bring up all the sins of my youth. Quick question. What sin did God bring up in this text of Job's youth? None. See, see, uh, 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 uh-oh. Here's where you're going to find a little bit of a problem right here. He didn't bring up any sins. You know who brought up the sins of his youth? Job. God didn't bring it up. Job brought it up. And the key in that is understanding that he did what we do. And we sit there, we come before the Lord, and we'll have a whatever, you know, heart to heart, whatever. And I don't know why this is so hard. And, you know, I hope you're not still mad at me about what I did 35 years ago. That's exactly, exactly. Only in his case, it's probably 135 years ago. In other words, it's it's so ridiculous. And we are telling God that he's bringing up sins from our youth in the accusations against us. And there is no accusation against him. How he's interpreted the circumstances that this is God's judgment. He's wrong. Ironically, more than a test, it's a brag, right? Kind of in that process. And he's thinking, ah. You write bitter accusations, going to bring up all the sins of my youth. And he has done none of that. has done none of that. Now you get to see immediately this is a wrong, this is a wrong declaration. Well, guess what? When you and I are praying and we're thinking the Lord's mad or he's something's displeased or something's off, or the kilter's off, something's wrong, then we start filing back to all the things that have happened in our life. We start going through the chapters. What did I do when I was nine? What did I do when I was 13? What did I do when I was 17? Oh, I can't believe I did that when I was 25. I was such a bad kid. Blah, 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 blah. And you go back and you do this, it's like ridiculous. God's not bringing that up at all. You know who brings up accusations against you in regards to your sin besides yourself? Satan. Why? Well, his name means accuser, so I go yes. God's not the one bringing that stuff up and throwing it at you. He's not throwing your past in your face. God talks to you about what the future's going to be. He doesn't sit there and dwell in the past. He knows the past, and he could bring up all the sins of your youth, but he's not doing that. That's what forgiveness is about. That's what grace is about. That's what mercy is about. And God's not bringing up all those stupid things you've done. You know, if God brought up all the stupid things I have done, I, the entire time I'd spend with God would just be him bringing up all the stupid things I've done. <laughs> He's been spending so much time. It's unbelievable. He doesn't do that. 
In fact, when a person seeks wisdom, let any man lacks wisdom. Let's, let, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without finding fault. God will give you wisdom without tearing you to pieces. He's not interested in tearing you to pieces for everything you've ever done. He could. He doesn't. He pours grace into your heart and grace into your mind. He pours mercy into your heart and mercy into your mind. The only question is, do we receive it? Just like I said to Samson, you got to receive it. And so Job goes, you, you write bitter accusations. Again. You bring up all the sins of my youth. What chapter and verse? Job brought it up. And then because Job brought it up, and he wasn't that bright in doing that, then he felt guilty about it. Really? God covered that. That's why God called him a righteous man. Uh-oh! Why would you call dirty that which God calls clean? Oh, wait, isn't that what God said to Peter when about the, when we were doing the whole... Oh, yeah. Don't call unclean what I have called clean. Hello! That's a good one. All right, we're done for the show. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM. DJRD Broadcasting or its sponsors.